I'm going to ask Brother Mark Lawrence if he would come and join me here right before we open Scripture. And I knew we were going to have a full service today. We've been preaching about the Holy Spirit. Come on. Aren't you grateful for Holy Spirit? And we say yes to the Holy Spirit. Mark, I love you, my brother. Mark's going to give a testimony about how the Holy Spirit's worked in his life. I want to say one thing. You know, Brother Mark's one of the most wonderful brothers that I know ever in my life. What a great, gentle heart and gentle spirit. Went through a great battle the last many years. And I'm going to tell you, one of the most fierce prayer battles I ever had was when they took him down here at the hospital. They put him in that helicopter and flew him off about 2 in the morning. I don't know what the, I know it was early in the morning. Don't do that again, ever. Not even, <laughs> hey, don't do it early in the morning or late in the afternoon. Don't, but when they flew him off on that helicopter to the trauma center, and I drove home in my pickup truck, I don't know that I've ever cried out to God like I've cried out to the Lord. And I know you were crying out to the Lord. And now you're here today because God has heard our prayers. Tell us how the Holy Spirit's worked in your life today, and then we'll, we'll bring the word. Amen. Amen. Okay. First thing I'm going to say is, y'all make me nervous, so I'm just going to face the back wall. <laughs> kidding. Not kidding. Uh, if it gets to be too much, I'll stare at the ceiling. But uh, the other thing is I almost wore a Rangers t-shirt because you might see me turn into a bobblehead. <laughs> I have essential tremors and they're greatly exaggerated by the heart medications I take. So don't let that uh, distract you. It's just uh, part of my journey. But pastor has been preaching on the Holy Spirit for the last several weeks and it became clearer and clearer to me that God was compelling me to share my journey with the Holy Spirit. And it's been an amazing journey. It has been of great help and comfort to me. Starting years and years ago in the early 70s, the uh, charismatic movement went through the Catholic Church. And my brothers became involved in that. And they were worshiping with their hands in the air and they were praying in the spirit. And I noticed they were the happiest people I'd ever seen. But I was young, I was not saved, I was not hungry. And it seemed very strange to me. Later on, I'd had another experience at a church in Arkansas. And I thought the guy in the aisle that was going up and down the aisle was reenacting a scene out of uh, Caddyshack. I don't know if y'all ever saw that movie. But uh, when Chevy Chase was up on the green and he was teaching the young man, Tommy, how to putt, he blindfolded himself and he was going, yeah, no, 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 no. Yo, no, 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 no. And every time he hit the ball, it would go in. But uh, that's all that was running through my mind. I just wanted y'all to know that, that your first experiences uh, may not be, oh, I want that. It may be some doubt and some questioning. But when I did start coming to First Assembly of God back in the late 90s, um, 
that won't help. Um, in the late 90s, um, I felt an aliveness in a church that I'd never felt before. And I got hungry. And I got saved. And I wanted everything that God had for me. And that included being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was at an altar on the right side of the church. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in tongues. And I went home. And I laid in bed for hours. And it was just like I could feel the power of God surging in me. And it was so good. Your experience may be different, but that was mine. Um, I prayed in the Spirit a lot. And I got to a point, I can't throw stones at uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas, because I began to question in my mind. Should I be praying in the Holy Spirit all the time? I don't know what I'm praying. And yet, there I was, praying in the Spirit. And I asked God, once on Saturday night, we would have prayer meetings for an hour. And I just, with a very pure heart, said, God, I'm going to pray this entire prayer meeting in the Spirit. And I had no fleece. I don't know if any of y'all have a fleece to lay out, but I just said, show me something from it. And sure enough, he knew. He timed my request. That Sunday morning, I got up in front of the church, a packed out church, and sang nothing but the blood. And I began to sing seemed like it was going to be an ordinary song and moment in worship but I couldn't hardly get the first two lines out of my voice people were coming to their feet people were weeping people were coming to the altar and God said to me yes pray in the spirit not that that was going to be my secret, that I could just put that hour of praying in spirit in the, in the slot machine and pull the handle and out was going to come an anointed song. But God answered my prayer in a very clear way. Later on, a few years later, I woke up in the middle of the night and just had a, a horrible feeling that I needed to pray and I needed to pray now, but I didn't know what to pray. And I began praying in the Spirit. Crying out to God in the Spirit, not even knowing what I was asking, but having faith that He would answer. The next day, well, I got a piece and I went to sleep. I slept soundly. But the next day, I began asking my children, was anything going on with any of y'all last night? 
and I got to my daughter who had just given birth not too long before to our first granddaughter. And she looked at me kind of funny and she said, when? I said, well, I looked at the clock. It was about two o'clock. And she got a really strange look on her face and she said, at two o'clock, my boyfriend had dumped me out on a country road with my granddaughter in the middle of nowhere. No cell phones back then. And it was a very cold night. And she walked all the way home with my grandbaby tucked inside her coat safely. Got in bed and went to sleep. God was covering her in prayer and I didn't even know it. What a gift to always have that comfort that we know. God's got things under control even when we don't know what those things are. One more experience. I uh, sold Little Debbie's for about seven years. Sorry about that. Now you're probably thinking about a uh, Swiss cake roller and oatmeal cream pie, but run by the store and get some on your way home. Um, um, I uh, had seven or eight convenience stores in Terrell. And here again, this was back in the early two, early 2000s. And when I would uh, why didn't I think of this to begin with? I'll put my hands in my pocket. I carried a lot of cash on me. And there was one particular store that was not always real careful about when they would pay for their little Debbies with cash. And on top of that, there were people that dealt drugs right there on the corner every day. Plain as day. Didn't understand where are the police but that particular day, two of those people followed me in the store and I could see them watching me. They kept their eyes on me. And without even buying anything, when I went out to my truck and was loading my stuff back in the trailer, they followed me out and they walked around the trailer. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what pray but I started praying in the spirit and it was less than 30 seconds later something happened that I'd never seen I always asked where the police were but I hear a booming voice on a police car intercom clear the parking lot right now Get out of the parking lot. I will haul all y'all down for loitering. Get out of the parking lot. And they all scattered. Never saw a policeman there before. Never saw one after. But again, God was looking out for me. He knew what to pray when I had no idea what to pray. We skip ahead quite a few years to just uh, several months back. 
doubting Thomas really had nothing on me because I got to where I was praying more and more and more in the Spirit. Sometimes in the middle of worship, I'd, I'd be praying in the Spirit. And again, I was asking God, is that what I should be doing? Should I be devoting so much of my time praying in a way that I don't understand the words that I'm praying? And once again, I asked him, show me something. Sincerely, I was asking him, show me something to let me know that I'm on the right track. It may have been the next day, it may have been two days later, but my youngest son's ex-wife, who we have some relationship with, but in the decade or more that we've known her, never come to us asking for prayer. And she came over, had already had one panic attack that day, and was just seething on the verge of another panic attack and wanted prayer. And I started to pray for her and I had words that I could have prayed but didn't feel right. I almost felt checked to be silent for a moment. She had had some exposure to our church so it wouldn't be totally alien to her. But I asked her, would you be comfortable if I prayed in the Spirit for you? Because I had, God just completely blanked me out. I didn't know what to pray. And I did. And it was less than a minute of praying in the Spirit and this young woman who was just beside herself with anxiety jumped to her feet threw her hands in the air and started praising God and I'm like boy she's thankful for prayer and she's like no thank you God thank you God thank you Jesus and she turned around and looked at us and said it's gone it's completely gone Never underestimate God's power and the Holy Spirit that he provides and the language that he gives us to pray even when we don't know what to pray. God's good. He's given us a gift. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Make the most of it. Amen. Jesus. Tori, I'm going to have you stay right there if that'll be all right. Mark, thank you for that testimony. And I think there could be many testimonies across this room of how wonderful the Holy Spirit has moved in our lives. In a sense, my journey is very similar to Mark. We both came out of the Catholic Church and both were just very uh, I, I would say ignorant about the Holy Spirit. I'd never heard anything like this. But here we are today testifying 
of the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. I would only say one thing you would have to mention, Little Debbie's. This late in the service, would you? <laughs> I want to exhort you for a few minutes. I won't be long. I know our time is getting late, but I, uh, we don't have a set form or program that we go through in this church. We always want to be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. And I can tell you, I've enjoyed every part of this service. I've enjoyed the greetings and the prayers and the testimonies. And um, I mean, I've preached enough sermons in the last 17 years. You probably remember some of those, maybe one or two. But I want to share something with you about the Holy Spirit. And then I want us to close in prayer. It's evident to me that the Holy Spirit is doing something fresh in our church. I, I sense it. And I've been saying this for a long time. I don't know if you've been picking up on it, but I believe that we're going to enter our new facility in a spirit of revival. I mean, who cares about? I mean, who cares about going to some empty building if the spirit of God's not there? I'd rather be anywhere if the spirit of God is not there. But the spirit of God is here among us because we want we want His divine presence in our lives. And God is doing something. I sense that it's fresh and new. And I would say I would instruct us. As a congregation, let's don't take this moment lightly. Let's press in. Okay, you have to press in. Because, see, the Lord is no respecter of persons. You and I both have read through the Scripture time and time and time and time again, year after year after year, in studying Scripture. He's a gracious God. He's a God of holiness and righteousness and perfect purity. But He's also kind and good and tender and merciful. He's all those things. He's not like one-eighth of this and one-fourth of that. He is all holy and all good and all loving and all powerful and all knowing omniscience. But he is a God that is not a respecter of persons. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. There are such vast and untold spiritual riches in the person of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Ephesians 1, 3 says he's blessed us, past tense, with all spiritual blessing. That the name of Christ Jesus, the name of Jesus is so powerful. There's healing in that name. There's peace in that name. As Brother Mark said, he was praying in his, you know, some called prayer language. And we should pray more in the Spirit. Romans says we pray according to the will of God. But just, you know, it's the, Jesus is sovereign over his church. And if we will let him guide the church, he will guide us to parts. You know, like for instance, when the Israel traveled in the Old Testament, they would, when the cloud would lift, they would travel. When the cloud would settle again, they would camp. Some say they'd camp a day or two. Some they'd, sometimes they even camped a year at a place. Don't you want to follow the cloud and it's interesting that I began to speak about the Holy Spirit. I just felt in my heart the Lord wanted me to begin to share on the Holy Spirit and our, our need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, Sunday after Sunday, we're camping here. Isn't that interesting? I'm very confident that this is what the Holy Spirit is saying to our church right now. And He wants us to be filled with His presence. Jesus said, and, and by the way, 
Jesus taught more about the Holy Spirit than anyone. This is what he emphasized in his teaching. He said, you've heard from me. You've heard this from me when he told his disciples that. Do you realize this? And and I, I know you know this, but if you don't, I will say it again. Everything that the Lord is doing in our lives and will ever do in our lives is through the person of the Holy Spirit, through the Father, through the Son, through the Holy Spirit. Everything the Lord does in our lives is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, everything. The first movings of the Holy Spirit in our lives is his convicting work. We all remember that time when we were without hope and without God in the world. And all of a sudden, it's very similar, very similar to Genesis 1 and 2. And over that chaos, it says the Holy Spirit was hovering there. The beginning of order in our lives. Hear this, let me say it this way. The beginning of order in a lost person's life is the fluttering and moving of the Holy Spirit. We could all testify today, at whatever level, many lives in this room, your lives were wrecked in sin and in darkness. Maybe you were in the party scene. Maybe you were in the immoral scene. Maybe you were in the drug scene. But you were empty without God. And you look back on that BC life, that life before Christ, and you look at where you are today and you say, how did I get here? How did I get a church? on? I would have never even thought about going to a church. I thought people that went to church were dumb on Sunday morning. I'd rather be fishing or hunting or golfing or, or watching ESPN or doing anything but a church. But how did I get here? You got here because of Holy Spirit. And he brings conviction of sin, John 16, 8, sin of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And he, he, what does the Holy Spirit do? He makes the work of Jesus real to us. He, he applies the work of Jesus in his death and his burial and his resurrection. And he shows us all at one time that we were lost and we were lost without a Savior. We desperately needed a Savior. And we would die and go to hell forever. But then the Holy Spirit points to Jesus and points to the cross. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes of Christ and he makes it known to us, John, Jesus said in John. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit brings us to that moment where we say, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I mean, if you really are honest, and I think we all are honest, And you think about the Ten Commandments. We've broken most all of those. Who hasn't dishonored their parents? I can tell you I wasn't a perfect child. My mom has more white hair than I do, I can promise you. And I put a lot of that on her. Think of the immorality Think about lies that people have told. Lies by commission, lies by omission. Sometimes you lie by what you say. Sometimes you lie by what you don't say but should have said. And Holy Spirit brings us to that point that we say, I need God. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit points us to the mercies of God. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves wherever 
You can get saved anywhere. You don't have to be in a church house. And we say, Jesus, save me. I'm lost. I'm lost. And we confess him as Lord. And we believe that he died and rose again. And we confess him as Lord's. And whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, shall be saved. And I can tell you today, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm saved. I'm not a perfect man, striving to be more perfect every day in Christ by the Holy Spirit. But I'm saved today because I believe in Christ alone. Come on, amen. And if you're saved today, it's because of Jesus and not you. It's because of grace through faith. And that's the work of the Spirit of God. Everything God does in our lives is through the work of the Spirit. Now here's, let me say this quickly. There's more. Who in their right mind would say, oh, yes, I'm as spiritual as I will ever be. You're in deep trouble if you really feel that way. You know why? Because you read the third chapter of Philippians, and Paul said, the great apostle Paul, in my estimation, the greatest Christian to ever live. I don't know him all, but he's a great one. What a man of God. What a man of sacrifice and love and transformation. And he said, I have not yet attained, but I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I press toward that mark. He said, my longing is this. My longing is that I may attain the resurrection of the dead on that great day to be caught up out of the grave and to meet Jesus in the air. And I'm telling us all, God has more for you. The Holy Spirit is more for you. Now think about this. All that God does in our lives, he does through the person, the work of the Holy Spirit. The saving work is by the Spirit of the Lord. The sanctifying work as we're being made holy and more righteous in the sight of God. We're being matured. My, you know, as I said, my wife is teaching today of, of a tree and teaching the kids that we need to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's a work of the Spirit of God. Don't we all want to be more loving? Don't we all grieve over those times when we did not live up to the fruit of the Spirit? Come on, let's be honest. Now, if you've been married for a week, you've you got to say amen there. Amen? Yeah. Come on. Amen. Yeah. There's no perfect families or perfect marriages or perfect anything aside. Our God is perfect and our Christ is perfect and the Holy Spirit is perfect. But he's perfecting us. How does that happen? Through the person of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever think that conviction is just for lost people. Conviction is a work of the Spirit. When there's areas of our lives that don't meet up and please the Lord, He's not condemning us. He loves us so much that anything that would, would create a distance between Him and us, Holy Spirit's going to deal with that. And I tell you, just to be honest, I got a frustrated gentleman the other day, and it was just... I, it was a mild frustration. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't, if, if you would have been there, you would have thought, oh, that was not a big deal. And it really wasn't a big deal. But I found out this, it was a big deal to the Holy Spirit. Just, it was like that quick that I realized I grieved the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was like, it wasn't even a big deal. I promise you, if you had been there, you would have thought, you, would, you may not have even noticed it. But I noticed it because Holy Spirit in me, immediately, it was like, hmm, he caught me. Holy Spirit caught me. And I immediately said, Lord, I apologize to you, Holy Spirit. I apologize. Please wash me. Help me to be more like you.
And it was just like a moment of minor frustration. It wasn't even a big deal. It was over in two seconds. But listen, Holy Spirit loves us so much. Anything that creates a distance between us and the Father, He will deal with that. But you know why? Because the Father loves us. Now think about this. Everything the Holy Spirit, everything the Father does, He does through the work of the Holy Spirit. The saving work, the sanctifying work, but also, here's where we've been camping recently, and that is this, this serving work, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God wants an empowered church. A church that is so full and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This endowment of power, Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed with power from on high. Acts 1 and 8, you should receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There was this experience separate from salvation a deeper work that the Lord wanted to do. And Jesus was so passionate about this for his children, this gift of the Holy Spirit, that he said, I want you to wait. I want you to wait. It's so important for the success of the proclamation of the gospel and the success of the body of Christ in the world. He said, you need to wait until you're clothed with power from on high. The endowment of power is not salvation. It's not salvation. It's the equipping. God is equipping us. And you that are here today, the Lord has brought you here. He has brought you here because you're anointed by God. You're gifted by the Holy Spirit. Some of you may not even know what your gifts are. Well, it's not your gift. It's the Holy Spirit gifts that he anoints us with. No one owns the gifts. Come on, amen. The gifts are the Holy Spirit. He pours out... Uh, in Corinthians, uh, it says, 12, 11, I think it says, severally as he wills. God calls us. He's created you. He's put a burden on your heart. He's put love in your heart. And you want to help build this body. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Now I'll read a little portion of passage here. And then I want, to, I want us to pray together. There's just such a beautiful spirit here this morning. There's such a beautiful spirit. The Lord is in the life-changing business. God's in the business of taking enemies and making them friends. And in fact, we were all once enemies of the Lord. Oh, no, not me. Yeah, you, all of us. All of us that were outside of Christ were under God's wrath. Very few preachers today, you'll hear them talk about the wrath of God. It's like, oh, well, you know, I won't, don't want to offend anyone. Well, I would rather not offend God. God talks about wrath that is to come. And if we love people, we're going to warn them of the wrath to come. There's coming a day when every human being will stand before the Lord, give an account of their lives. And there was just such a man that was an enemy of the church. His name was Saul. And I want you to re- I want to read I want you to I want to read this to you. And then I want us to pray over your lives and over us as a congregation. That the Lord would just let his presence be here in, in an incredible way. That every time we come together, God's presence is here. Do you know why my life has changed today? Well, there's several keys to the chain, I guess you would say. Um, there's something very powerful about a church that walks in the Spirit. where the, If the presence of God is in 
a people, among a people. When I went to a church, the church I was saved in, the presence of, of God was there. Brother Mark had mentioned that there was life. There was a sense of life. And that was the Holy Spirit. And that the God's presence among those people changed my life. Made me want him. And we must make sure that we maintain the presence of the Lord. And not ever lose that sense. Now, I know the Lord is anywhere and everywhere, omnipresence. But there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. We want God to manifest his presence in and through our lives in, in powerful, unusual ways. And I understand the Lord does things that are strange to me. You know, when Mark talked about prayer language today, that's a strange thing. That, come on, internet, that's a strange thing. But listen, it's God's way. God's ways are higher than our ways. I'm, I'm choosing to go with his ways. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out threats and mur- murderous threats against the... This is, uh, this is Acts 9.1. Against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked for letters to the synagogue of Damascus. I was, I was about 75 miles from Damascus not long ago. Some of you were too. So that if... He found any who belonged to the way. This is what Christianity was called, the way. I like that. I'm on the way. How about you? Jesus is the way. Come on, shout now. He's the way maker. We could sing that, couldn't we? Come on, the way maker. Whether men or women, he might take them prisoner to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on a journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him Saul Saul why do you persecute me understanding church that this relationship between Jesus and us is so close and so intimate he could feel the pain of his people maybe you're here today and you have a broken heart over some difficulty you've been through let me just tell you this Jesus can heal broken hearts Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless and heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. The blinding glory of Jesus... When he was on this earth, 1 John 1, 1 says, we touched him, we felt, we felt him, we heard him, the very word of life. God the Son so humbled himself that he was born of the Virgin Mary. So humbled himself, came from a peasant family in front such an obscure town that I believe if Jesus had not been born there, it would never have been written down on the pages of history. It's glorious that Christ was born there. So humble that he emptied himself of the prerogatives of his deity. Isaiah said there's no beauty that we saw of him. So ordinary that he humbled himself so low, even to the point of death, the death of the cross. But I want to tell you today, he's laid aside that. 
And he's at the right hand of Father God in glory. And he appears to Saul in blinding glory. In fact, Timothy says, God dwells in unapproachable light. No one can see the full, radiant, outflowing of his glory and live. We serve an awesome God. What a mighty God we serve. It says here, for three days, led him by hand to Damascus for three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. God knows when we're praying. In the vision, he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done for your saint, to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, well, this is a revelation here, go, go. This man is a chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. For my name. Notice this. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, this is one of the most beautiful phrases, Brother Saul, this man had already been saved. This man was already saved. He had been saved for three days. He had met the living Jesus. He had seen the Lord in a vision. And Ananias knew he was a saved man. And he says, Brother Saul, The Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and he could could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. Saul, Paul, was saved, but he needed the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit, do we not? Everyone say more. No matter what you've experienced in the Holy Spirit, no matter what you, your journey has been, no matter how graciously and powerfully and wonderfully you have been touched by God, I want to tell you, we serve the God of more. We serve a God that Ephesians said he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. I want you to lift your hands and pray with me right now and begin to ask God for more for Trinity Life Church. Would you do that? Father, we want more. We want more souls. 
We want more of your grace and love. We want more of the fruit of the Spirit. We want more of your, of your glory to be seen in this place. We don't want any glory. No pastor wants glory. No deacon wants glory. Lord, we want to give you all the honor and all the glory. We ask you for more in this church. Father, we read in Ezekiel where it says they were, the waters were ankle deep and then knee deep and then thigh deep. And then there was a river they could not even swim in. Lord, it was so vast and so deep. Lord, let new rivers begin to flow. Come on, church, pray. Let new rivers begin to flow. Let a new anointing begin to flow in this church, Lord. We say more, Lord. More in our lives. More in our families. More of your presence, Lord. Those rivers of living water that you spoke about. You said on the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried with a loud voice and said, He that believes on me as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let those rivers flow today. You said to the apostles, you said he is with you, the spirit is with you, but he shall be in you. So Father, right now we say, Lord, bless us today as a church. Let us be an anointed church. Let us be a church moving in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we so desperately need these gifts because these gifts are the tools to minister to, to a hurting world. These are the gifts that you give to the upbuilding of the church and to the, the effective ministry toward others. Lord, we can't fulfill our calling without the gifts of the Spirit. So right there where you are, I just pray for you that the Holy Spirit would activate and would feel that when Paul laid hands on Timothy, somehow gifts were activated. And they prophesied over him. him. Father, I pray for gifts to flow. I pray for anointing to flow in this place. Oh God, fill us with your divine and your wonderful, wonderful presence today. We bless your great name.